You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. And welcome again to the Monster Sci-Fi Show. I am your host, the Monster, back to give you, hey, another sci-fi news podcast for this week. It's two in a row, and hopefully I'll get this edited, and it's on Friday, of all things. So, the big three, which I have to start off with, say, happy October 1st. Or in this case, when it gets released, it's October 2nd. But in any case, we are now in October. In the past years, I used to do, I try to do, my month homage to Halloween or to horror movies. So for the entire month, I used to refer to my podcast, not as the monster sci-fi show, but the monster horror show. Yeah, it doesn't kind of roll off the tongue there, but in any case, I still have these old podcasts that I did in which I have my top 10 favorite horror movies from the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, and in the 2000s, and then my 10 top 10 all, all-time favorites, which I'm going to be re-pushing out to you guys. So if you've never heard them, this is pretty early on with my podcast stuff, so the audio may not be all that great, but I'm going to try to do my best to kind of clean it up a bit more. You know, give it a little bit more boost. But they're still good. And I'm trying to do something different for this month, in which I want to, since I like comic books and graphic novels, I'm going to try to see about doing reviews of horror graphic novels that we have in the library. So I'm going to try something new there. So I will still talk about some horror movies that will be out that are new to me. Tomorrow being Friday, Netflix is releasing Vampires vs. the Bronx, which is kind of like, so we're not going to talk about Vampires in Brooklyn with Eddie Murphy. But it, the way it, that trailer looked was kind of like gentrification gone wrong. Because the vampires are white and everybody else is of color. Gentrification. Let's go with that. But in any case, when I get to that point and start talking about horror movies, I really want to talk about horror movies. But I have to kind of get into the right mindset. I still have a backlog of movies that I've been trying to watch for the past couple of months, so... It's going to be a hard sell. And not only that, I'll talk about what's going to be coming up on my plate later on. But, you know, in two weeks, we're running into early election. And my library is an early election site. So not until sometime after November do I feel like I, could, I can breathe again. So, so, yeah, I really want to, like deal with all this stress and the anxiety that's coming up and thank god i started running which again i wanted to start running but as soon as i got out of work it's raining so i'm like i'll 
see about trying to do this tomorrow morning. Or tomorrow night, who knows. But the point is, do something physical. Rather than just eating something physically to kind of put away those bad feelings. Alright, so the big three news items, and I got lots of tidbits, so that's that's the other thing I want to bring up. First, we have Nightbreed. So if you are a Clive Barker fan like I am, I will talk about some news on Nightbreed. Second, we have news about Alien, the TV series thing happening-ish. I mean, Ridley Scott is trying to, you know, do the whole prequel thing leading up to the original Alien, and that's a kind of been a hot mess, but now they want to do this as a TV series. Yeah. 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 We'll see about that. <laughs> and then we have news about the Sandman, which is going to be pretty big on a number of different levels that I will get to in a moment. First off, Conan, what is best in life? If you don't know that reference like Mr. Gene does, sorry to throw you under the bus, but Conan supposedly might be developing or is developing to be a new series on Netflix. If you remember the original Conan, or actually two Conan movies, you had Conan the Barbarian, and he had Conan the Destroyer, both starred Arnold Schwarzenegger. The remake of Conan the Barbarian was Jason Momoa, way back before he did Game of Thrones. And sorry to have laughed at him before he really made it big, but in fairness, that Conan movie, I could not even get through the first five minutes uh, it's it's not a reflection on you because you did better things after that in Game of Thrones and, of course, Aquaman. And you're in Dune, so don't worry about it. Do Conan's in, in your uh, rear view mirror, so to speak. I think that's an exciting thing to talk about in the future because as a franchise, Conan definitely, definitely needs to have some type of adaptation to the big screen. Or in this case, since Game of Thrones is gone, the small screen definitely fits in, in this day and age because you want to have an audience that wants to have this type of high fantasy element in, in a show. You can go super deep in this. The only caveat that I have to say, again, me have been watching Conan... I'm not so much reading the books, but I do want to see Conan as King Conan. Give us at least that, right? Because, at again, if you haven't watched any of the Conan movies, it always ends with Conan on the throne. Talking about, but that's a different story, or that is to that's a story for another time. So we don't know how he gets to the throne, except it ends with him on the throne after he's done with that adventure. I want to see that progression, and let's not do the mistake that Star Wars did and plan it out so that you, you're going to showcase Arnold later on. Film him now 
Because if he dies, that is a lost opportunity. Don't make that mistake with Star Wars, with Conan. And there was a Conan TV show. Way back, like, when Xena and Hercules came out and... And then Robin Hood became a thing, and I'm like, he's not a warrior. Why try and do that? But in any case, yeah, I'm all in for that. So, you like taking pictures? <laughs> you like taking pictures with a Polaroid? You like Star Wars? Well then, hey, you can take a picture of your Star Wars camera from the Mandalorian with Polaroids. It's, it's a, it's a kind of gimmicky thing. But it's a, at least it's more creative to the point where they kind of made the Polaroid camera has that kind of Beskar steel look-ish for the whole thing. As opposed to just slapping, you know, a Star Wars image on a random object and saying, yeah, it's Star Wars related. Yeah, but that's maple syrup. Yeah, I know, but it's Star Wars, so you should buy it. No, just because you put a sticker on Star Wars on maple syrup does not make me want to buy it. But look at this baby Yoda on Polaroid. Oh, I want that now, which is kind of cute. And so, which is kind of like, oh, that kind of makes sense. So if the Polaroid camera is the Mandalorian, the film is baby Yoda. Okay, sure. Go with that. As long as you can sell me the concept of why you should buy this. All right. When you do a Polaroid film, uh, you take a shot, you know, it, it shoots out that 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 little uh, picture frame. And you have to wave it around to make sure it develops and whatnot. But at the, the tip or the, the, bo- the, the large bottom border on the bottom has some type of like a baby Yoda or some kind of Mandalorian design for each print. Okay. I might be interested in doing that just for that alone. Now the kit itself is like about $169 and that's for the camera and three packs of films. Now mind you, each pack of films only eight pictures. So that's only 24 pictures. So it's unlike a, like a, a smartphone where you almost have endless supplies of taking pictures or just redo it again. Polaroid, you get this done once and you mess up. Oh, well, that's on you. Not on the Mandalorian or the Baby Yoda. All right, so what's next on my plate? Remember I talked about how there were no plans for Star Trek movies in the last podcast? Well, that still hasn't changed. But there's supposedly talk about... Or the con-centered Star Trek series. Dev Patel is eyed for the key role for playing Khan in this TV series. I remember reading the first book, Star Trek book on Khan. I think it was, I'm blanking out on the title, if not my apologies. Which I enjoyed a lot. But the only thing that is really making me kind of hesitant about this is because it's still kind of tied in with Kurtzman. Damn you, Kurtzman. So far that I've read. I... Okay. Sure. Let's just go with that. But if there's going to be a bright spot in this, it has to be at least for me to mention this. There's no Benedict Cumberbatch. 
I guess he's just too busy playing the Doctor Strange, or he's playing the Sherlock Holmes, or playing that dragon, dragging himself on the floor in another Hobbit movie, who knows, but he's not going to be in it, and that's all I care about. That's all I care. The other bit of news is that this is going to be taking place on SETI Alpha 5! I thought this was SETI Alpha 4. No! This is SETI Alpha 5! So if you have not seen Star Trek 2, sorry. <laughs> Spoilers. Uh, we'll see how that goes. I mean, there's only so much you can do with the story between he- when he lands... Between his day-to-day existence for years on end until the Reliant comes in and there's an opportunity for him to escape. Satyafa 5! But that's all there is. It's not like he's, I don't know, Star Trekking through the stars? Because he's not. He's he's, uh, exiled. Again. Botany Bay. Botany Bay! Oh no! We got to get out of here! Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. That was my Chekhov impression. Which sucked. (laughs) It's alright. They all can't be winners, like I tell my family. So there. The uh, last bit of news. We have finally a casting call that's been cast for Miss Marvel. So it's not Captain Marvel... It's not Mrs. Marvel. She didn't get married yet. But Iman Vellani is, I guess, a Canadian actress. I, I tried to look up her um, credentials in IMDb. Very little. She's basically a newcomer to this role. If she's going to have any interactions with other MCU players, I am down for that. But, you know, it just came out of the newswire. So, again, the future does look bright in some form or fashion, despite the fact we had a train wreck of a debate that happened over the week and and again running into elections early elections in two weeks so, you know, I want to say that this is a a positive thing to look forward to like with anything else, like the end of COVID now we got a cast for Miss Marvel, that's all you need to know so, let's get into the big three news items. The Nightbreed is a movie that I've watched, and I believe Clive Barker had directed. Uh, how best to describe it to me at that time? It felt like watching an X-Men movie, but with horror elements. But there were more mutants, like monsters, slash human breeds of people uh, that have powers. And it was kind of interesting. I kind of liked it. Barker, after all this time, almost, what, 30 years? is going back to Nightbreed. He is currently writing the series. And we have Michael Doherty, who is directing, or has directed, because that movie should have been out already, is Godzilla vs. Kong which has been pushed back to next year. So, that's kind of cool. I remember enjoying the hell out of Clive Barker when I worked at Borders way back when. Um, 
And Magica is a book I wish I could finish. I really tried, but that's the only book that I got uh, as a hardcover. And I love the cover because it's beautiful. But when I got to the book fair that Miami has, he was there. And I got online. I got him to autograph that book. So it's one of my favorite moments to have that exchange. I remember also Douglas Adams next to him. I'm like... There's no one there, and I felt really bad for Douglas Adams because everyone's signing up for Clive Barker. But I love the hell out of Douglas Adams too, and I got him to autograph my book, and he wrote for me forty-two something is the answer, but he did it in binary, which is fantastic. Clive Barker, oh, the greatest secret show. That one I did finish, and that one I really freaking loved, and that was again. When I was really into Clive Barker, so revisiting that history of horror now that we're in October, yeah, I kind of I should get back into that kind of horror mindset, and I loved what he did. I loved his his visuals, his his themes where you have adversary adversaries that kind of would be at odds in our lifetime or our.、Uh, In the living, and then cross over to like the next phase or the next plane of existence, and that still carries on. And it's just like really interesting stories, and I, I really enjoyed his his universe that he was able to build. The one thing I thought was kind of cheesy, but it was like kind of okay. But it's Rawhead Rex, no Rawhead Hex, I think so. Again, when you look at it, it's like it's a very cheesy horror movie, like beyond belief, but. Nightbreed. I thought like, oh, that's kind of cool. I see where we can do this kind of fun way, and maybe expand this to have this be this horror. I don't want to say monster universe, but you know, it like anything else, you can have that universe like Conan. That has not been explored on the big screen, and here where the monsters are the heroes or the mutants are the heroes. I think that is definitely a perfect avenue to kind of expand that, because not every character gets their their moments to be on the screen or gets to have their story being told. That hasn't happened. As long as they don't put this on Shutter, that's all I care about. I'm not knocking Shutter, but I'm just saying when it first came out and I saw、uh, Humanoids from the Deep and I loved it again and I got to see a little bit of Creepshow. I'm like, I don't know if I can do horror as a channel and stream it all the time, like I do for everything else. If they can just put it with other stuff, I can like go back into it every once in a while. So we'll see how wherever it goes. But oh, and the reason why, because I, the other thing I love about、um, Clive Barker, and duh, I forgot about this, Hellraiser. Have you not seen Hellraiser, the Cenobites? My God, how could I forget? I think it's the second movie, and it came out in the theaters when, of all days, Christmas. So, talk about a minaf. Because why would you do that on Christmas and release a horror movie? But who cares? I didn't mind it whatsoever. But yeah, Hellraiser. If you love Hellraiser, you know what I'm talking about. It's 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 really freaky, but in any case, let's move on to our second point, in which we have Alien. 
Becoming a TV series. Ridley Scott said basically, you know, the monster's dead, the alien's dead, because we're, how many times are you going to keep seeing this and get scared or like we were retreading old steps? Prometheus, I get, and I love Prometheus a lot. Confident, not so much, because again, it's kind of like what the first movie did, in which you had an alien on board, and yet the, the, the story did move a little bit further and trying to do this whole backstory. You know, first off, it was going to be like, okay, he's going to do a prequel to lead up into Alien. No, I'm going to do several movies leading up to Alien. And after the second one, he still wanted to go ahead and do a third one. I'm like, dude, you really kind of like, just no, just, just stop. Stop, stop, stop. Because it, it's not going anywhere. Now, if we're going to do a TV series, which, um, what's his name is doing? Noah Hawley. If you know that name, you know that he was trying to do the next Star Trek Four movie that was kind of on and off, on and off, on and off. So it looks like he's trying to work in this kind of TV series in which Alien is going to become a TV series, whereas Alien is not the focus. Huh? So I get the drama, like The Walking Dead. It's not about the zombies. It's the drama and how the people react to each other in that world, and the zombies are part of that. But in this case, how are you going to kind of play with that? Is it going to be Earth-based? Is it going to be LV-426? I, I, I don't know where this is going to take place. The idea about... I think 1997 or somewhere in the late 90s, there was a proposal to do a TV series almost with the Colonial Marines that we saw in Aliens were going to be having their own story. So I guess it would have been sort of like Starship Troopers, except with the bugs, but you had Alien. But that never panned out. So, if you're looking to do a TV series, you can. I'm just curious, is there enough there that you can do without Ripley? Which you can, because you saw that in Prometheus. Can you do this without the actual alien? That's a hard pass. That's going to be a hard pass, because you need to have some kind of external threat. And yeah, granted... You know, people are no damn good. If nothing has taught us about social injustice, people are no damn good in 2020 and in many years before then, and I'm sure in many years after that. So if you do that and you want to tap into that kind of anger, fine. But you need to find out what's the cause of that. Now, the Wayland, uh, what is it? I forget the name of that corporation. The Wayland Yutini. Um, corporation was always in the background right from the very beginning in the first Alien movie in which they are supposedly we want you to investigate that crash site supposedly and then you know 
but basically it was always to the idea was to capture this creature bring it back and to exploit it for to exploit it as a like a bio weapon so i've used them as the example like they did in prometheus maybe you can get away with that too but again it's hard to call this an alien TV series when that's not going to be the focus. Because even The Walking Dead made reference in the graphic novels like, no, we are The Walking Dead because you're not feeling any emotions. They're just dead inside and they're just walking like they're dead. So, And I, I, I want to believe that he's going to come up with some way to kind of sell this to all of us, but I don't know if that's what's going to happen. All right, so let's put that to sleep. And finally, let's talk about some casting news for The Sandman. If you know Neil Gaiman, The Sandman series was his much-adored graphic novel series that ran for 75 issues. And I should know because I'm in the process of doing a Sandman graphic novel book club for the next 10 plus months ish uh so if you're interested you can go to my library's website and look in the calendar of events and type in sandman to see when those dates are available you don't need to have a library card so you don't have to be here in miami but you do need to register that's all i ask so i'm very excited about that in addition, I've been listening to the Audible's original version of The Sandman with James McAvoy. And not to give too much away, but by the time I'm at right now, which is about almost six hours in, I've gone to the end of the first graphic novel, but it's the last story of that first graphic novel in which we meet the character Death. And Death is voiced by Kat Dennings. So I'm very happy to have heard her voice in that manner, that meow meow manner. She has always been a darling of my eye and of other things, but very happy to see her get some voice work because she really has that kind of little, not sarcastic, but she has that little edge to her voice that I kind of like a lot. So, put that aside, Netflix is going to adapt The Sandman. We don't know exactly in what form or fashion this is going to take place. Again, I think it's over 10 plus volumes of graphic novels, 75 issues. How he's going to structure this, I don't know. But there is, at the point where I am in the story... There was a character named the Corinthian. And Corinthian, the way that it was described in the audio is really kind of horrific. He's kind of normal human looking, but when he takes off his sunglasses, he has a mouth where his eyes are and there's teeth there. So, ah, uh, okay, I'll go with it. But, uh, Liam's. Liam Hemsworth, you know, the other Hemsworth that's worthless. No, I shouldn't say that. And Darcy Montgomery. I don't know who Darcy Montgomery is. 
Uh, I should know because it should be. Oh, that Darcy. Forget it. I'm an idiot. Stranger Things are going to be playing the, or up for that role. Now, there is no role for Morpheus, which is the Sandman. But again, things are moving forward and looks kind of more interesting as time progresses. I think maybe in the next couple of weeks that will start filming. But also there's been some kind of fan backlash towards that production that uh, people are saying they don't want people of color or people be part of the LGBTQ. And I'm like, and Gaiman was like, have you read my books? Because um, they're in there. They are in there. Uh, there's there's not like you're forcing this issue to have this type of representation because you need to have inclusivity in your product. No, that it was always in there since the very beginning. The only question is, I think there might have been an issue about the gender swap. I don't know, and I doubt the Sandman will be a woman, and I doubt that death will be a man. I think the idea of death being this kind of punk rock, not emo-ish, but kind of on that level, uh, goth chick, as death, I love it. I, I really dug the, the, the her style, and I loved her take on things as that personification of death, as opposed to the literal, like, you know, hood and skeleton and the scythe kind of character that we've seen before. This was a, a really good interpretation. And as far as the Sandman, technically, it's like a mailman. If a woman does it, then it's a male person, a male mail carrier. There you go. Non-descript gender. But you can't do that. Unless you call him the Dream Master... And not call him Sandman, but then what's the call? Then why do you call the series Sandman if it's not a man? Whatever. You can make it androgynous, and that doesn't make a difference. It's just that that's the Sandman, you know. So that's the only issue that I would say it's a non starter. So if you've never read the Sandman and you want to find out more, come to my book club. I would love to have you guys. And. Hopefully, I will not record this. If you don't get to it, I'll try to release at least an audio version of that so at least you can hear our conversation. And here's another plug. Because Dune still is on the horizon for December 2020. In my library, I'm doing a book club for Dune. We're doing it in three parts. Book one, two, and three. Plus, we're doing kind of a uh, a whole introduction about the world of Dune in that whole universe. So, again, go to my library's website, type in the word Dune in the calendar of events section, and look for that in the month of October, as well as November, December, so forth. You'll see the dates that are listed. You have to register. Again, you don't need a library card to do this, but you do need to register. So I'm excited about doing these two book clubs. In addition to a regular kind of podcast that I've been trying to push now two weeks straight, trying to do my running, trying to do more reading with graphic novels now into being October again for the horror theme. 
and do themes on that, as well as other types of reviews that I'm trying to combine things that I love. For example, movies and graphic novels and toys. So if you notice on my Instagram page, I have a couple of good pictures of my samurai-inspired Star Wars figures. And what I'm trying to do is that I'm trying to, let's say, for example, Brie Larson is Captain Marvel. So while I did not love that movie, I do want to revisit that movie, read a lot of different versions of Captain Marvel in the comics, and I got an obscene amount of figures. A couple of statues and action figures and dolls. There are tall action figures. Because there are more dolls than action. And kind of like talk about that whole thing. I don't know why I have this obsession with Brie Larson. But I'm just saying she liked my tweet in which I had a picture of Captain Marvel and I typed in the word resist and that was on the Women's March that happened after Trump's inaugural and she loved it and I still have that picture. She she loved my post and she put it on her Instagram. Again, I didn't love Captain Marvel as a movie. I really, really wanted to. But who knows? This whole exploration of the toys and the books and the movie may put me in a different mindset and I may see things from a certain point of view that I did not see before. So, who knows? But I think before I do that, shut up, Cap. The first version of that kind of deep dive is going to be on Bloodshot. So, that movie is Vin Diesel that I bought because I really love Bloodshot. I'm going to try to finish up that graphic novel. I already bought the action figure that was by uh, Todd McFarlane, which I really love, that sculpt. So I want to talk about all three of them, and that's a little bit more manageable, because there's only one figure, and I'm just going to read just the one book, and then there's just the one movie. And then if that's a good enough product, then Captain Marvel is going to be huge. So just letting you know, there's a lot of things on my plate. Never mind about all the external stuff like the elections and other things like holidays and all that fun stuff. So on that note, don't forget to email me at monstersci-fi-show at gmail.com if you have any comments, questions, or concerns. You can follow me on the very social networks like my Instagram page. Please follow me on that. So again, thank you for listening to me and to the Monster Sci-Fi Show. It's sci-fi from a certain point of view. Good night. Are you one of millions of people worldwide with compulsive geekiness, feeling isolated and alone? Do you wish there were people that understood the thoughts and feelings associated with Geeky Flare-Up? There is hope and a treatment program that can help. Ask your podcast service or ESO network provider if the NerdBliss podcast is right for you. Or go to nerdblisspodcast.com today. Side effects may include butthurt, movie quotes, nostalgia, warp speed, becoming for clamped, becoming a brony, appreciation of cats in the movie, pantyhose, asking God what he needs with a starship, donut muffin, or bagel, bat shoelaces, improved sense of rhythm, aiming to misbehave, nudity, and random arbitrary This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. 
Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.